And we'll talk about this a little later. But I'm going to, I'm going to share this. I just really feel like I'm supposed to speak this. You heard me preach on this not too long ago. There will be seasons where God will offer to you the There'll be two things before you, God's presence or God's promise. You've got the opportunity to take the promise and run. And many times you'll have that opportunity. And it may be, to be honest with you, the promise may be the very very one that God's wanting for you to have. Sort of like uh, Exodus 33, when God says, I'll give you the promised land. I'll send my angel before you. I mean, it's the very thing he's promising, but I will not go with you. And Moses goes, no, 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 no. I don't want the promised land without you, God. I don't want it. I want you. Don't send us up there if you're not going with us. I don't want it. crazy thing is, is I mean, I just speak again to y'all singles. How many would you go, all of a sudden, here, all of a sudden before you, God says, here is the man or the woman of your dreams. But I'm not there. Would you go ahead and take it? Your dreams, your passions, your destiny. Or would you go, God, I'll wait. I'll take you. And that's what my friend Ken Watson did one time. He's played, y'all have heard me share this before, but I'm going to say it's very appropriate this time. Ken Watson was a middle linebacker at the University of Maryland. He's walking across the campus of, of of the University of Maryland, he looks over and the Lord speaks to him and says, there's your wife. He goes, whoa, okay. She was delightful to the eyes. So he goes and he meets her and finds out she does not know Jesus. God said. But God said. But the Word of God, Ken goes, the Word of God says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. I cannot go here. But Ken forgot about it. He just walked away from it. Forgot about it. And I think Ken's testimony is that about a year later, Diana comes running up to him and says, Ken, Ken, guess what? Ken goes, what? I got saved. Ken goes, did? <laughs> you want to go out? <laughs> And I think they got engaged very close right after that. Ken Watson, he's the guy that son, Benjamin Watson, who plays for the New England Patriots. And uh, let's see who that is. And, uh, but anyway, see what was that? Was that Ken was robbed in his heart. He wanted God more than the promise. Because in that place, I know Ken, but I certainly have been thinking it, was that but God was the supplier and the fulfiller of your needs. Now, I'm going to close with this one. First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12 is the past scripture that we quoted Sunday. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the glory, the victory, the majesty, and the dominion. And indeed, everything in heaven and earth, yours is dominion, and you do exalt yourself as the head over the all. But verse 12 says, riches and honor come from you. And he said, you do exalt yourself. It's head over, I believe it is. I can't remember exactly how it says. The next phrase says, power and might lie in your hand. And then it says, it lies in your hand to make great and strengthen everyone. What David is declaring in that past scripture, that God is the everything. And David's resolving. You know, you want to know about David? Have a heart and after God? 
Literally, David was a guy that just in those places when he was right was going, Jesus, God, I mean, God is it. God is it. And that's where we want to go, y'all. We want to be, when we come out of this weekend, when in doubt, just Jesus. Just Jesus. They cut you. You bleed. Jesus. They put you under in, uh, for anesthesia. All you're going is, Jesus, Jesus. That's all you want. Isn't that be cool? In that place is fullness. So, questions? So, if you have a relationship and the center of the relationship is supposed to be Jesus, and you're trying to have a relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus, what holds it together? Well, I'm trying to have a relationship with a parent who doesn't know Jesus, so what holds it together? Here's one of my cool things is Jesus is the Redeemer, especially with parents, is that uh, what God will do is, is when you operate in who God is, oh, dude, I just remember something bad. Y'all remind me to do something as soon as I close this thing up. Something not cool happened today that I got a text about now. Oh, cool. But anyway, um, we're uh, a relation. When a relation, I'm sorry, I got to get my head straight. Um, is that when uh, you operate in the fullness of Jesus, that lack in that other person, Jesus will draw that person to you. Now it may take years. I mean, like I eat my relationship with my dad. I really, one of those things that's cool to me is that I believe God has allowed my dad to live healthily. He's 87 and very healthy. Well, not very, but I mean, he has problems getting around. But my dad and I's relationship is just very intensely a whole lot different than it was just a year ago. A year ago it was different. And a lot of things happen in the, in the relationship is where God has started not dealing with me and who, the heart of father, even though he has, the big thing is, is God has been doing in me is the heart of a son or a daughter. That where that I've been filled with, starting to become filled with the fullness of Jesus in relationship to being a son of God, that it literally just like draws dad to me in an area of intimacy. So that no matter, because what will happen is when the lack in another person will try to attack you, guess what? All they get is fullness. Jesus. They get Jesus. And that's cool. That's cool. Great question. Any other questions? Uh, you had mentioned that there's going to be seasons where you can have God's presence or God's promise. Now, how do you know when He presents you His uh, a promise that He's not necessarily going to be in that promise with it? But, well, like, the first example that comes to my mind is that it's where a guy will come to me. <laughs> this has happened more than once. A guy comes to me and goes, you know, God has called me to go into this. I know it. He's God's called me into the ministry in this particular area, and I'm just ready to go for it. And then a few months later, all of a sudden, you don't you kind of see him just walking around passively. 
And then all of a sudden he comes up and goes, hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on? What's God doing with you? Well, there's a girl. And so all of a sudden the fire, the hunger that I saw in him for Jesus is now substituted for a fire and a hunger for the person. Let me tell you how you can tell a relationship. Singles, let me tell you something. A good way to tell you how to tell a quick relationship where a relationship's intense with Jesus. If the relationship, when you get in the relationship, all the relationship's about is pushing you to Jesus. In all your ways, know him. If you get into a relationship and the relationship's about this, it's going to be screwed up. Like this. Like here's two people. Many times the temptation is in the relationship is that you do this. But the cool thing is, is when the relationship focuses this way and all the other person's about is helping you come here. That's, that's how you know when a relationship is in the right path. Now you remember now, God's, the God's way, I mean, every, there's a time and procedure for every event. There's the God's event. There may be an event for the relationship, but it may be the wrong time and wrong process or procedure. So you can have the right person at the wrong time, the wrong way, and get messed up. So that's why three things are so crucial. How do you can tell? And in this, there'll be just the peace of God. Peace of God. That's one way. It's just cool. Other questions or thoughts? Sam. Um, I'm not fully understanding what you're saying about the whole he's giving you a promise but he might not be in that or whatever. How is that a promise if he's not going to be in it? Like, I mean, why would he even, like, like if he's saying you have to choose between your dream perfect wife and me, like, that just doesn't seem like, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? What is up with that? <laughs> Well, let me just back up before that. God's heart so much for us is loves us that he wants to have, to have the best. But he does not want the best to have us. And what will happen in those times, Sam, I was trying to remember the other passages of Scripture that this had. There's about five or six scenarios and situations in Scripture where this, this occurs. I, I tell you, one of the most profound ones is, is uh, about this time, procedure, and event was the children of Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 8. You remember where all of a sudden it's the children of Israel, they look around and they, get, they see all the other nations and they have a king. And so the, the children of Israel come to Samuel and go, hey, we want to be like, a, like all the other nations and have a king. Well, Samuel goes, whoa, 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 whoa. God tells Samuel, no, don't worry about this, they've not rejected you. They've rejected me. But you go, now, here's the crazy thing about that First Samuel 8 passage, y'all, and what the children of Israel said. You take what the children of Israel said, and you go over to Deuteronomy chapter 17, and what God had promised the children of Israel is that when they come into the land, He would give them a king like all the other nations. 
And what would happen is, and he starts describing the king that God would have for them. He would not multiply wise for himself. He would not put overburdened taxes and all kind of crazy, really cool things. But the children of Israel, what they're doing is they're taking the very promise of God and they're presenting it to Samuel. They're presenting the promise. But you know what they're after? They were after the promise more than they were God's presence. And what God so much in love with is y'all. And this is what I'm going to say this. Uh, God is not afraid of our mistakes. He's not afraid if we're going to break something. He knows the resurrection power of Jesus is far greater. Now, y'all, but so, now it was not cool because the children of Israel got Saul. And Saul was not ever purposed to be the king of Israel. You know that? Because why? One of the reasons was the Ark of the Covenant, which is a symbol or type for the presence of God, never came into Jerusalem during those days. So God's presence was not present with Saul. The very first thing that when David becomes king, what comes into Israel? The Ark of the Covenant. God's presence. So the, in that scenario, Sam, is that what God will do is, the enemy, will it's working in this thing too, y'all, is what the enemy will do is just get us hyped up. We'll see a promise, and he'll try to get us to grab it before our time. Yeah. We can put our trust in God's promise and not God himself. That's splitting hairs, but I'm going to tell you, that's the difference between life and death. You think about what Satan did to Jesus. Let me repeat what Brian Brian said. We can put our confidence and faith in God's promises and not God, God. Remember Satan took Jesus to a high mountain? Not a high mountain, I'm sorry, the pinnacle of the temple. Has not God said... Confidence in the word. God said, if you, if you fall down, he will bury you up, lest you dash your foot on the stone. Cast yourself down. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't tempt the Lord your God. He was not putting his faith and confidence in his promise. He's putting his faith and confidence in God. That's a big statement there, Brian spoke. Any other questions? Great question, Sam. Let that soak. I mean, really. And I'm not, you gotta be careful you don't take quick answers. What we're after is the depths. In this whole thing, we're after the depths of our hearts. To be lovers of Jesus. Passionate for Him. Passionate for Him. And in that place, y'all, I'm honestly convinced, seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? Be what? Some? No, what? You know, I have seen relationships. We're kind of stuck on a relationship thing. I have seen and watched relationships satisfied in Jesus, and I have watched the fruit of that. And it's just out there. So, I'm paying attention to my ring thing. So, so any other questions or thoughts? It's about what you said, you know. It reminds me about the case with Shadrach, Misha, and Abednego when they were 
in the furnace, okay, and then they say, okay, they're asking for deliverance, but then they say, even if not, okay, even if not, even if I don't receive the promise, I want the promise giver. That's good. That's good. Now, I would like you to do real quick, and I know it's 9 o'clock, but I would really like you in your tables where you're at. If you're not a table, just find a table. But I would really like to ask you if you'd just sort of share with each other. And really, i like you to do this. Share with, be real now, some environments that you've dealt with recently that realized it was revealing a lack, a need. Where you, and how you can tell is, is when you get in a lack, you catch your heart going for the need to be fulfilled and not the need filler. Following me? You start looking for the promise more than you do the promise giver. You start looking for his hand more than you do his face. Okay? So, can you all do that?